Thanks for joining us today on Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy. I'm Beth. And I'm Gwen. And we are delighted to have you listeners with us around the table. We're mm-hmm. short a couple people maybe, mm-hmm. but you know. That's okay. We're, we're, Some uh, days are like that. Three-quart strand is not easily broken. Well, right. we're that. a threesome. I, it's not Curly, Moe, and Larry. <laughs> I don't think. It's, it's um, a what threesome are we? I don't know. Missy I don't know, but, That's you know, I started going Laverne are. and Shirley, and I'm like, but then there isn't me. I, I don't know. Mm, yeah. No. And are you guys just, really a Laverne and Shirley? I'm no, not sure. I, I don't. I don't know that we are. We don't schlemiel or schlamazel. Um, and, you know, yeah. all of our young listeners don't know what we're talking about anyway. That so, is true. But, uh, moving on. Yeah, moving right along. Mm-hmm. I You know, we, we can talk about Lucy and Ethel and all of that, and it just yeah. goes, because we have white hair. And, and uh, I know my daughter, who listens faithfully, is decades away from white hair. Maybe a few strands here and there. But <laughs> anyway, but uh, we are a threesome at the table. And what we are is a threesome whose hearts are set on the word of God. I, I think of Psalm 119, verse 14. Well, I'm sorry, Psalm 119, verse 114, where it says, You, O Lord, are my refuge and shield. Your word is my source of hope. And that is, that's become a life verse for me because I run to him. He's my refuge. He is, he is where I want to abide. And I trust him to protect me throughout ugh, this journey in the valley of the shadow of death, but it's his word that guides me. It's my source of hope, and it's why I do what I do and why I get up in the morning and face whatever's ahead of me, knowing that his word will be the lamp to my feet, as verse 105 in Psalm 119 says, and the light unto my path. He's trustworthy. He's faithful. Ah, he has he has promised to never leave us or forsake us. And I know these things because his word is my source of hope. Oh, my ladies. Um, I like being at the table with you because I know our hearts truly. It, it is a cord of three strands here uh, and and so much more because the, the Holy Spirit is here with us and has brought us together here at this table to lean into his word as we journey through Life stuff. And we've all got life stuff. Gwen, mm-hmm. you have a teenage son now. Oh, I do. I have a teenage son and a daughter who'd like to be one. <laughs> a teenage girl. Well, but, you know. welcome. Welcome. Mm. And let me yeah. let me tell you, in another 10 years, you'll be smart again. So, Missy. <laughs> 10 to 15, I think. But yeah. You know, it, it, it cycles around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. How many grandchildren? 12. 12. You have... A, a dozen. A dozen. And I do. They yeah. are keeping you busy and yeah. loving on you, and you're loving on them. Yeah, it's, it's weird. There are very, uh, there's very often these deja vu moments. Um, I, I, I came in the house the other day, and I saw my daughter-in-law with both her hands wrapped around her little boy, and he's screaming, <laughs> let me go, let me go. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I kind of remember that. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. That's right. Yep. It is just one of the sometimes necessary parts of parenting. So, um, you know, we only had one son. He's through his teenage years, but it's still a life process. Mm. However, we have five grandsons now with another one on the way uh, in a few months. 
Another you will grandson. be walking every single one of your daughters through <laughs> teenagehood with their boys. You realize that, right? Guess what? Guess what? Your next twenty years get to look like. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> maybe it's time to move to Florida. I don't know. <laughs> oh no, my word! It is. It's. <laughs> it is. I always say it's chaos, but it's not contentious at this point. But um, you know. It's yeah. the seasons of life, and that's the season you're in, Gwen. Yeah. That's the season you're in, Missy. That's the season I'm in. And each of our listeners are in their own seasons. All of our seasons may look different, but the beauty of it is if we are grounded and founded in the Word of God, the answers remain the same. The situations are different. But we come back to what the word tells us to do in the midst of trials, triumphs, tribulation, trust. I mean, the answers remain the same. We're to clothe ourselves. I mean, Ephesians tells us to gird ourselves with the armor of the Lord. But Paul tells us in Colossians to clothe ourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. So those two, uh, the armor and and the clothing of Colossians 3, they really do go well together. Yes. We, we are to be armored up. We're in a battle, but we are also to be exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit as we journey through this battlefield, yeah, sometimes, as we journey through this, this life here on earth. It's coming at us fast. So how do we do that if we're not in the word? How do we know how to respond if we're not in the word? I don't know that it's possible. I I mean, I just think if if you don't know what the word says, how on earth are you going to recognize if somebody's giving you something that is just enough off that it's mm-hmm. off? I mean, I yeah. I don't know that it's possible, Beth. I, I really don't. I And my heart breaks for this generation that we're raising up, the church that we have right now, because they're biblically illiterate in large portions. And if if our education system was filled with biblically, with illiterate people like our churches are, can you imagine the fit and the fuss that they would be doing on a public scale? to educate and get people able to read mm-hmm. again. Yeah, when I think about your Barna statistics, and maybe you want to give those yeah. again. Um, and, and this is a couple years old now, but Barna statistics say that two-fifths of the church admit that they're never in the Word of God. Um, another fifth say that they're only in maybe once a month. So that right there is about three-fifths of the church. Right. That's over half. So over half of the body of Christ is not reading the Word of God. And so my question becomes, so what are you believing if you don't have the Word in? What are you hiding in your heart? Right. Well, you're hiding something. Whether you think so or not, your heart is full of something. And I'm not talking about the blood-pumping heart. I'm talking about that heart of hearts that God gave us. You know, we are spirits with a soul, and that soul holds our our mind and our emotions, our, our heart, it's referred to, at living in a body, right? So, or as some call it, a, a dirt suit as we pass <laughs> okay. through this yeah. journey that one yes. here on planet Earth. Hmm. Um, hmm. You know, but, but we are spirits. We are spirits, and our spirits will live forever hmm. somewhere. Yeah. And it, it is 
when we entrust our spirit, when we surrender who we are to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it is then that we become renewed, saved. Salvation comes upon us. But we're still living in a fallen body, in a fallen world, with a heart that needs needs the word to guide us, to guard us, uh, to, to... to be our compass, to show us how to live life here on this earth because our hearts have been filled with what we've heard. And if we haven't heard scripture, then we've heard the morality of the world and that's Mm. what our hearts are filled with. We have to replace it with the truth of God's word. You know, Beth, this morning I was recording a couple of podcasts on um, 2 Thessalonians and Timothy. um, And in those particular books, Paul is just over and over defending, and and oh, he's just so passionate about making sure that they hold to the gospel that they were given. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a Bible entrusted to us. The early church didn't get their own personal copy of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to study it corporately and then remember what they'd been taught and given. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had to commit those large pieces to memory. Now, they might have, if they had a Jewish background, they might have had some familiarity with Old Testament scriptures, mm-hmm. but they didn't have a ton. So for them, they really had to hold on to what and to what was taught and so I you know I want to read a couple of the things um I'm going to just pull out a couple of verses here in the end of first Timothy um the last chapter is chapter six and it's verse 20 oh Timothy and this is like Paul's last statement before he closes the letter to his spiritual son Timothy and it's like if if you could say if i if i could if i've made any points at all i want you to hold on to this mm-hmm. oh timothy guard guard what has been entrusted to you avoiding worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge which some have professed and have gone astray from the faith grace to you and then i want to take you over to second timothy 2 mm-hmm. verse 16 Make sure I'm in the right place. 216. Mm-hmm. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. And then he names people. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have wandered away from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. And then drop down in verse 23, but refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The bondservant, the Lord's bondservant, must not be quarrelsome, but kind to all, able to teach patient when wronged, gentle with correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of truth, that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Um, And then one more back in the um, back chapter one, verse 14 Uh, I'm going to start in verse 13 of chapter 1. Retain the standard of sound words, which you have heard from me, in the faith 
and the love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure that has been entrusted to us. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. You know, just the idea of this word of God is the treasure that's been entrusted to us. As a church, we are not treasuring and protecting and guarding this. We're not avoiding empty and worldly chatter. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not. I, I just look at this and I'm like, if any, if any parts of Scripture so speak to us today, it would be some of these. As yeah. I'm looking at Second Timothy, uh, you know, right beside what you just read from Second mm-hmm. Timothy verse um, um, 24, I think you started in, is is Second Timothy verse three, verse sixteen in my Bible. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, mm-hmm. and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good word. And I've written in my margin, this, this word that we have teaches us what is right, what is not right, how to get right, and how to stay right. Mm. I mean, we need his word. And yet we're a world full of self-professed church-going Christians who aren't in his word. And therefore, we really don't know what's in it. And right. so when you hear something that sounds good, yeah. It, it reminds me of the verse about tickling ears that in, in this in the latter days there will be the men who they want to hear something that that's good that's something that sounds good to them they sort of pull that in and, and claim it as truth and if it's false mm-hmm. you're headed down the wrong path it, you know what i'm saying when you yeah. grasp a hold yeah. of something and say this is truth and it's not truth where does that leave you it, this tells me though that paul's words i mean this is an age-old issue because exactly. Paul wouldn't have written this if, if people were holding fast to the truth. I think back when I was young, uh, a few decades ago, and we would hear the saying, cleanliness is next to godliness. And you just figured because it said godliness, that, that came from the word. Mm. But the truth of the matter is it didn't come from the word. It came from Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) You know, it was a a good saying. I mean, let's be clean. Every mother wanted their child to learn that phrase because that's why you want to take that bath at night or on Saturday nights or whenever it was that bath time was. But it didn't come from the word of God. But because it sounded like it could have, we just assumed it did. Is that what's going on today? You know, Beth, this is exactly what Paul is telling Timothy in chapter 4 of of 2 Timothy. And this is the verse I was thinking of. Verse 3 says, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. And I do think that's what we're seeing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the younger generation doesn't think of that as myths, but they come up with their own ideas of who God is, and then they make that. It's not just the younger generation, Missy. No. Well, I think it's, it's 75% easy. of the church. It's easy to say it's a, it's a generational thing, but it is truly a generational thing because it's all generations. There and are people our age and older. It's and it's end of times, yeah. so let's not be surprised yeah. by it, right? Right. I mean, well, and it's something that must happen, mm-hmm. because unless there's a falling away, the Lord will not come. 
you know? And so honestly, it's part of that last, one of those last things that we're waiting on for Christ's second coming. Mm. <sighs> Sit in that for a minute, right? Sit in it. And then I remind myself that this is a then and now, and that then and now started with probably with the first uh, breath of man, right? right. Um, mm. You know, I think back to the early church. It was the Roman soldiers that put Jesus on the cross, and yet what church took over Christianity, uh, you know, the the whole uh, Jesus is the Messiah, but it was the church in Rome, right? Mm -hmm. They named a pope. Um, Vatican City is right there in Rome. So early on... Um, it became a, and this is what I think it says. It's why there the Reformation came. I'm sure it's it's probably all of these wars that we see being fought. If we really went down to the roots, it comes back to that whole uh, issue of did God really say, or am I my own God? I mean. Mm. These things have been happening forever to the end of the day. We shouldn't be surprised. However, if we want to know how to weather this storm, we've got to get back to the Word of God. Mm. It is the only truth that is reliable and will point us due north, as I like to say. I've got that compass right here beside the, the podcast table to remind us that if we're just a little bit off, we're... Where we may get somewhere, but it's not where we want to go. Mm. It's not where we think we're going. We have to be oh, that that vertical relationship with God has it, to be you know, Beth, grounded it's, and founded. It's not the work of the church. It's not the work of the pastor and the Sunday school teachers to instill the word of God into and I think it should be instilled into children okay mm -hmm. because you I mean Timothy himself had known the scriptures since mm -hmm. he was young there was a foundation that was laid and that's really what we're missing part of what a big part of what we're missing but you can't do that you can't lay foundations in your children um, so parents it's the job of the right parents. it is the job you, of the parents you can't lay foundations in your children until you yourself are Have in the them. word you are laying them. a foundation in your children well, that's true. We're all laying but a I'm, foundation. I'm saying you can't lay a foundation of being in the word. Unless you're in the word. Right. Unless you're in the word. So that's what I'm trying to say. It comes back yeah. to the relationship. I have to have yeah. a relationship with my Heavenly Father that is rooted and grounded in His word so that I can do that, that horizontal relationship with my kids from a, from a place that is rooted mm -hmm. and grounded. In his word. Mm. So in, until I am in rela right relationship with him, and you're right, it's not up to the church. The church is where we are to go, to gather with one another, to encourage and exhort one another. But, but it has to be a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior. Um, that's where... That's where all of these studies, that's where all of this um, mishmash of, of popular thought goes off track because it becomes opinions instead of the truth with a capital T. Mm -hmm. um, the word of God, it's there to guide us. It's, it's there to ground us that we being rooted and grounded, Paul says, uh, you know, that's where it has to come back to where are your roots? What is your source of hope? 
If it's not the word, I'm going to say it's a changing source. And the person that you're listening to may or may not be around in 40 years. And even if he or she is around, the ideas may have changed. And you'll be off on another uh, northeast, southwest a tangent of how to do life. But the word, it keeps us grounded. It is never changing, and yet it is ever changing in us because it is giving us the tools to live life in an ever-changing culture. But the, the foundation is firm. Our response is still to be what the word tells us. Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. Um, yeah, that's why we do life in the word. And that's why I love coming back to this table, sitting at the table with, with my beautiful friends here whose hearts are so set on the word of God. I do want to take us to that Ephesians three passage, um, about being rooted and grounded. These are Paul's words to the church of Ephesus. And he says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's why we do what we do. Rooted and grounded in love. How do we get rooted and grounded in our, in our knowledge of who God is and that he's for us, that he is the author of life, that he is the lover of our souls? We come back to his word. It's where he talks to us. We go to a faith foundations retreat so that we can <laughs> <we> learn. <laughs> oh, and come spend the day putting time in the word. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's honestly, how do we get to know someone? You spend time with you them. You spend time together mm-hmm. and you pay attention. And when you're with that person, you're in their presence and you're not distracted. Well, if we applied that, just that basic stuff to being in the word and seeking God's face. Mm-hmm. How much different would your walk with God be? Mm -hmm. You know, well, that's what these retreats are for, to kind of teach you how to do that and to give you a day where that's naturally built into the day without the distractions. It's a beautiful day. I can vouch for it. (laughs) I recently um, read another book, believe it or not. This one was called The Original Sanctuary, written by Mark Owings and David Terry. And in there, that's what they come back to all the time. They, as... As a child, uh, I believe the co-author Mark and his brother and town kids built a big old tree house in um, probably in some on some land that said no trespassing. But they they found that big old oak tree and they built a big old tree house. Anyway, he said that was one of the places that throughout their growing up years, all they would have to say is meet me at the tree house, and everybody knew where to be. Hmm. 
it should be like that with us, that sanctuary where we know I, I can meet God there. They call it the original sanctuary because it's our hearts. That's where God meets us when we come before him with a surrendered heart and take time. I mean, when we pray, he listens. But when we listen, he speaks. Mm -hmm. He speaks to our hearts. How do we know his voice? Through his word. His word. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it he will never tell us something that does not agree with his word. But the thing is, it takes effort. It takes diligence. It takes it takes some things. Oh, I there's a word you're trying to get to. It takes effort. Discipline, diligence. best word, oh, discipline, discipline, discipline. And it doesn't mm-hmm. seem pleasant at first. Mm-hmm. It's hard. But that is, that discipline of spending time alone with the Lord. I tell my groups, I mean, at least try to get five minutes of silence, but don't let it stop at five minutes. It, this is something, uh, we set aside time to do a whole lot of things, but we don't set aside time to get alone with the Lord, yeah. It's a priority uh, issue. I'm going to direct us to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. Mm. It says, and this is advice that Paul's giving Timothy. Um, and he says, remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God, not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to ruin of the hearers, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. So my question is, how are you at accurately handling the word of truth? You know, if you're someone who can go, no, I I can, I just don't spend time in the word. Well, then you know exactly what you need to fix. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who you say, you know, honestly, I've not studied for myself. I'm using other people's Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Well, then you know what you need to work on. Um, if you're somebody that's like, well, I'm probably one of the two out of five that's not reading the Word of God ever. Well, then you need to open it and just look around mm-hmm. and start small. Start in a passage where you're just digging and actually observe what it says. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. You got to start small. You got to start with something that you know you can do. And then you diligently keep doing it until you know you can do something else. And something a little bit more. Um, it's what we do in school. Exactly. And it's how we learn to read. It's what we do in the gym. Yeah. If we go to the gym. It's how we get stronger. Yeah. This is just yes, common sense. Yes. And the podcasts on Wednesdays are for this very purpose, for someone who maybe didn't grow up steeped in the word of God. And so when they come to it, you know, they they have holes in their knowledge of what this book even is. Mm -hmm. You know, so if they open to Luke, they don't know how that's different from Timothy or how that's different from Leviticus. And trust me, they're different. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they are. (laughs) But... You can feel really lost and you can feel like you've got, it's hopeless to even start. Here's the thing. This isn't about making from wherever you are, getting you to the point where you can accurately teach a Bible study. You're not going to get there overnight. This is a series of you growing in your knowledge of the word because you spent time in it. 
And because it becomes an old friend that you're familiar with, the more you're in the Word of God, the more familiar you are with its pages. But the podcast is designed to literally help you know why you can trust the Word of God. That's our entire first series of Wednesdays. Um, Knowing what you're looking at with the Old Testament. So there is at least one to two podcasts for every single Old Testament book. And we are in process of doing the same thing then on New Testament. And I think with New Testament, I've, well, as of today, I've recorded First Timothy, mm-hmm. although that hasn't aired yet. Um, but we're working our way through. So there will be a companion podcast or two, sometimes three, for every single book. So no matter where you're at, you've got a 20 to 30 minute thing that you can listen to that gives you your bearings, Mm -hmm. that helps you understand what you're reading and gives you some insight into context or key passages or just different things that the writers are doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Our heart is to make reading scripture just a bit easier but we want you in the word because that's our heart that is open the word open the word and why do we do this well i'm going to finish us off today with second timothy chapter three um we're just going to read five verses but this is why we care so much that you are opening the word and in the word and allowing god to speak to you through his word because understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. That was 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. There are things we need to avoid. Oh, but the word is not one of them. So open the word. Please open the word and read it for yourself. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit. Everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.